Hey everyone, this is Zach the Bandit Burke. Just wanted to give a shout out to all of our listeners. Thank you for listening to us on the weekly. Uh, if you have a chance, please uh, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Every review that you leave helps us produce the content that you want to hear. And without further ado, this is the Over Six Sports Podcast. boys at the over six sports podcast and i'm zach the bandit burke as you know and love and i was also with me as well the turf king self-proclaimed turf king cameron charlton what's up cam well where do i start with this one it's just horrible time to be in ontario at the moment there's no turf king there's no nothing because there's no golf at the moment so yeah yeah, it's just not wow. much fun right now. I don't want to be sitting on a mower while it's snowing outside. <laughs> I mean, I don't really want to be golfing while it's snowing outside, <laughs> but I don't really want to be cutting grass anymore. So let's get these courses back open. That's uh, just ruined my mood. And I mean, my betting in hockey hasn't gone much better. So just not in a great mood this week, Burke. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing well, man. Thank you. Um, yeah, I mean, we don't like to talk uh, too, too, too much politics. Obviously, that's not our not really our thing but um yeah like it's uh obviously sucks that uh, the golf got closed down if you haven't had the opportunity to do so go on any of our social medias over six sports at zachbrook over six at c charlton turf and uh sign the uh, change.org petition open golf courses back up we're the only one in north america ontario is the only uh, province state whatever in north america that has golf as uh, shut down and illegal right now um, the even science we we're, we're we're always supposed to follow the science. Even science says that golf should be open. So open up the golf courses. Let's get this going. What I was gonna say, Cam, to open up was is that there's two things in Ontario that you can be certain of in April. Number one is that we're gonna get a some sort of a snowstorm in April after nice weather. That's almost a certainty. And the second is that Leafs fans will be freaking out one way or another. It happens every single year. And it's it's those are the other two things other than death and taxes that are absolutely certainties in Ontario at this time in April. Yeah, and I mean, we'll talk about that first. Let's go positive first, though, before we get into the Leafs and talk about the big highlight of the week, and that's Patrick Marlowe breaking what I thought would never be broken and Gordie Howe's... Uh, record there for most games played all time what is your opinion on that where do you what are your thoughts i mean good for him first of all former leaf former leaf legend um you know daddy marlo as the kids say these days i mean you can't have anything else but to be happy feel happy for the guy i mean um obviously his play in the last couple of years it, i mean he's how, however old is he? he's 40 40 whatever 41 42 years old yeah, he's getting up old. there. So I do have a couple quick stats that are just absolutely mind-blowing when you consider Patrick Marlowe's career. So the first one is Patrick Marlowe has appeared in at least one game with 37% of the NHL players. 
So that means he's either played with or against 37% of anyone who's ever played in the NHL. In 104 years, he's played with 3,009 out of 8,100 players. Like, that's just mind-blowing. Yeah. The second stat I have, if someone gets drafted this year first overall, like this uh, defenseman from Michigan, can't remember his name at the moment, and he plays till 2041, averaging 80 games a season, so only missing two per season, he still wouldn't catch Patrick Marlowe. You need over 20 straight years in the NHL with yeah. over 80 games a year. Yeah, so if you look at Patrick just, Marlowe's uh, career and yeah, you look at his just... point totals and stuff, he's never been the best left winger ever. He's never really been up for hard. He, I think he has some all-star games. He's a really solid player, but still to even be that far and to hear like guys like Ray Ferraro talk about it, Ray Ferraro played over a thousand games, but when he got to the end of his career, nobody would take him anymore. It's not that he didn't want to keep playing. He just wasn't good enough to. So to be this good in the NHL for this long and be able to find spots to play is super impressive. Well, and, and yeah, that's kind of, as I was saying, right? I mean, the guy, it, it is a feel-good story. I mean, this guy's been an Iron Man forever. And, you know, he was interviewed at the end of the game and, and they said, you know, how do you keep going? How do you keep showing up to the rink? And his response is, you know, I just, I just love the game so much. I love being at the rink. I love being around the guys. Um, and you wonder how much of that, especially if you're loved like Patrick Marlowe is that how much that has to, um, or, you know, is taken into effect of how long they're playing because, you know, guys like him, Joe Thornton, um, you know, they're on the tail end of their career, but it's just, you know, I know that both of them haven't won a cup as well. So I'm sure that that's part of it. Although Marlowe went back to San Jose. So. I mean, realistically, what chance do they have to win a cup this year? I mean, you never know, I guess. But um, overall, I mean, it's just a, it's just one of those feel-good stories. You're happy for the guy. And, um, you know, and, and I guess the, the real question is, is are, are you going to see him back next year? I Like, what do you think? Is, is, is Marlo, I think, let's phrase it this way, is, is Marlo and or Thornton going to be back in the NHL next year? I think Marlo has, I'd say, 50-50 chance of being back next year. The guy's actually still semi-productive. He can still play kind of up and down your lineup. We're learning in a pretty quick hurry here that Thornton can't do a full season. And this isn't even a full season anymore. So I'd be shocked if Thornton's back next year. Just you're seeing how much he's just fallen off from the beginning of the year. And I don't think he could do 82 games or even if he load management with him. I don't think he can do it anymore. Where Marlowe, I still think can. He plays a different style game. He's quicker. So... It wouldn't shock me if he's back for another year, but I don't know how much you want to still play in San Jose. So you you don't think Jumbo's coming back though? I mean, what about like just a team? I mean, you don't think a team like Ottawa would take him on, or you know, a young team that's rebuilding? Maybe Detroit goes for the you know takes a sniff of Thornton just for that you know guy in the room to that veteran guy in the room to maybe help out the young guys for a year. I don't think he's gonna want to do that, especially like with his wife being Swiss. He's played a little hockey over there. I think he's planning on retiring over there, maybe playing a couple years over there, finishing off the career. I can't see him wanting to go through the grind of the NHL and playing for like Detroit or Ottawa or Buffalo or some of these rebuilding teams and trying to be a good guy. It's either cup or I think Switzerland. Yeah, I'd be, I don't know. I mean, let's be honest here though. I mean, the guy's played long enough and made enough money that he can do really whatever the heck he wants. So if he wants the you know, if he wants to play hockey and there, there will be a place for him. I mean, I take him on my beer league team, frankly. Uh, I mean, the guy's a beauty in the room. I did you see the, uh, 
the video that uh, that Marner and Matthews did with uh, you know just doing like a little tribute to to Patty Marlowe and Joe's yeah. just in the back fully like just geared down with a stick twirling it in the background. <laughs> There's just so many good stories of Joe Thornton. I can't remember what rookie it was or which guy he played with in San Jose. But he never really talked to him all year the one year. And he was kind of scared to talk to Thornton because Thornton's a big guy. And it was Burns, I think, who went up to the uh, – I think it was Dylan or somebody young on the team. And he was like, oh, you're coming away for Christmas? Like, uh, Joe Thornton's got a PJ. We're going to Vegas for the weekend. And he's like, "Gosh, shit, my family's coming down. Joe Thornton's never said anything to me. I'm playing on this team, but I'm too scared. And so Thornton uh, taps him on the shin pads during warm-up and was like, ah, shit, sucks you can't come to vegas after the game with us so the rookie defenseman changed his plans told his parents to enjoy san jose and he went to vegas on uh, the pj with joe thornton <laughs> well i mean that's just the kind of guy that he is right and even just as a teammate right you don't want to uh disappoint disappoint him right i mean honestly I, he seems like just such a such a fun guy but kind of in closing on that i mean congratulations to patrick Marlowe. i think that's a record that I know we always thought that that record by Gordy Howe would never be touched. And I mean, it's kind of cool that in our lifetime we got to see it broken. And obviously again, congrats to him. And I guess we'll see if anybody else even gets a sniff at it. Yeah. The last two things I want to touch on is that is, I don't know if you saw his gloves. They were pretty Mm -hmm. cool done up for the game. There was two massive mistakes on them though. One, the Leafs logo. It was not the logo he ever played in. That's the logo from like 2005. I noticed that and I was like, bro, you couldn't have got the the most recent logo on there? Really? Thanks. Good job, And then they made a grammatical error on the other glove doing the if game, games instead of game. They did games. (laughs) It's like, no, you can't add the TH on the end of the number plus the S on. You can do one or the other. So nobody nobody clearly uh, proofread it, so. 1,768 games. Um, but, uh, I mean, who made these gloves? I mean, they were cool. I think I thought the idea was really cool. I don't know who made them, but uh, come on. Come on. So I Could guess be we'll, we'll transition from the Leafs logo into where do you want to go with these Leafs? I think we got to touch on the North Division. It's kind of upside down right now before getting into our recap. So where do you want to go with the Leafs, Burke? Um Oh man. Okay. Well, I think the one thing that we just need to, I like, I think that we can talk Leafs Habs. Obviously you're, you're the Habs fan. I'm the Leafs fan. We'll start with the Leafs. Um, not selling too much of the recap, but I mean, the Leafs have lost five in a row. Um, you know, before they were one and 10, then they went on a nine and they, they won nine out of 10 and then they lost five in a row. So it's been really up and down and it's kind of gone with, how hot the goaltending is right now. Um, I don't know. I don't, uh, my level of concern is, is medium. I think that if, you know, you would have talked to me last week, I think my, my level of concern would be lower. Um, but we've talked about this all year that the main thing that matters to the Leafs right now is it's the playoffs. That's it. So if you can turn the, everything around, and like let's and let's let's also just take a step back here because this is a conversation that we had because there's you know there's people posting on Facebook and lots of other places where you know they're talking about well you know their seasons going down the toilet this that and the other thing like they're still sitting in first place first place doesn't matter to the Leafs and like or or me like if they finished in second I would not care right whether they finish second third fourth first whatever as long as you make the dance that's the main thing right get yourself a chance to play down for the Stanley cup. 
That's the number one thing. It's more important to me that you have that growth as a team. And I know that I talked about it before where I said, hey, they need to lose some games so that they're not just thinking they're just going to waltz through the, the division, waltz through to the, the conference final and, or whatever it's going to be, the semifinal, because it's technically not the conference final, but whatever. Um, you know, you're not going to – like you don't want to be too cocky kind of going into that. Ask Tampa how that works out. Ask a lot of other teams how that worked out. Now we're getting into a point where they had that dip then they had a long run. Jack Campbell set a record. And now we're back to kind of what they did before. And I, the, the, the problem that I find now is, is I don't feel like they're playing that poorly overall. Like if you're watching the games, you're like, Oh, I don't like, they looked they looked okay. There's, there's minor mistakes out front of their net. They haven't been great, but I don't yeah, know. I mean, Sunday, they were really good. Hope he stood on his head. Yesterday is more concerning to me. You watch it through two periods. They played slightly better, but not, not like it was Sunday and they were tied. And to go into that third period and get absolutely dominated by Vancouver with no pushback, Riddick was terrible, but you didn't deserve to win that period. Anyways, if you look at 61% Corsi scoring chances were in their favor, the expected goals were like 2.8 to 0.7. I mean, I think you're learning in a hurry. The last six games, the Leafs total save percentage is 8.39 or 0.839. It's not good enough. The goalies haven't been good enough. And that's all I've got out of this. I don't think the Leafs win a round without Freddie Anderson. Jack Campbell and David Riddick are not good enough. And I think you're learning that in a hurry. Yeah, Campbell went on this crazy stretch. But during that crazy winning stretch where he set records, if you looked at how they played defense, it was completely different. It's the best Leafs D that they've probably ever played. I mean, in my lifetime, it was insane. And yeah, Campbell was really solid, but you're kind of learning why he was never a starter. And why he never could take that away from Jonathan Quick, even was Jonathan Quick was kind of on the downside of his career. He's just not, and why he kind of bumped around. He's, one, a little bit of a band-aid. Two, he's a great backup. But if you actually feel confident going into the playoffs with Jack Campbell, I think you need to worry if you're a Leafs fan. Well, I, I don't support the people. And I said this earlier, by the way. I said that Frederick Anderson probably would be out until the start of the playoffs. That's what I... That's what I had said a month ago, right? When he first went on, he's like, oh, he's going on LTIR. That was a couple of weeks ago. And I'm like, man, they're going to use the cap. That's what they're going to do. Um, I've always been a Frederick Anderson fan. I said this forever that I think that he's still a top 10 goaltender in the league. Um, whether or not that's true at this very second. I mean, it's he, his performances were not great before he got injured. But obviously, I do think that the nagging injury was a part of that. And yeah, confidence and everything like that was a part of it as well. But yeah, I, I mean, Riddick looked okay his first start with the Leafs. And then since then, it's been not so good. I mean, the one thing that I'll... And you're a goaltender. So you tell me how hard this save is or or whatever. So I think it was the... Uh, I think it was JT Miller or Tanner Pearson. It was the four... Uh, yeah, the Tanner Pearson goal that was almost looked goal? like it was going wide and went five-hole somehow. Man, it, it not only did it go five-hole... Right, because usually five hole goals that go in, you know, the goalie goes into the butterfly. It's on the ice, or it's an inch off the ice. It's put in a perfect spot. It can be tough to stop. This one was like right under the crotch, almost. Like it was like two feet off the ice through the five hole. I have no idea how that goes in. It caught his pad weird, but I don't know what he was doing, where his stick was, why he was kind of playing that half butterfly type position. It was not good goaltending. It was a horrible goal. Riddick was not good in that third period, but neither were the Leafs. It was 
a disappointing period for all of them watching it and all the stats. So the real question is, is, you know, where do you go from here? Okay, so is is Thursday's game against Winnipeg a must win game? I don't I don't think so. You know, I, I think that you do at some point need to start winning games again because, I mean, you still have got uh, I think the Leafs have 10 games left. There's 56, right? So I think they got 10 games left. So, you know, you can't just skate through and go into the playoffs on like the ultimate cooler because that's not gonna, that's not gonna treat you well, man. You got to have some sort of momentum here. So, you know, I think it's really important the last, and as I said, I think not a must win versus Winnipeg. Next week, you got to start winning some games and you got to start, you know, building some swagger back. And you can win, get some swagger back, and maybe Freddie Anderson comes back with one game left, two games left, if the cap allows it, whatever the case is. You got to get some momentum going into the playoffs. If we lose tomorrow night, I know Leaf fans all over the place are going to be freaking out about it because you've lost six in a row. They, you just need to have good results in your last eight games, I think. And if you have good results in those eight games, build, try to work on some things, try to work on the habits, build your backup goaltender's confidence, and hopefully get Freddie back and see what happens in the playoffs. So this is a good transition. I can work this into transitioning to Montreal. So we've already talked about Freddie Anderson, and I think he's a huge piece of them succeeding in the playoffs. The other guy you're a little concerned about, although it's not as concerning as it was, is Zach Hyman. Austin Matthews, probably the best player overall. You could argue Marner, whatever. Is Zach Hyman not arguably the most important player on that team? I mean, he's one of the more important people on that team. Even when sure. Matthews and Marner aren't going, what do they do? Throw Hyman with them. When Tavares isn't going, what do they do? Throw Hyman with them. I think you got to hope he's okay and back good, and I think that's a huge another piece. And that's the thing, thing going on with Montreal right now. Brendan Gallagher's out. He's their most important player. I mean, you could argue Kerry. You could argue Josh Anderson with the way he's played this year, or you need better play from Drew. Gallagher just moves the needle. He gets that team going wherever you need a bump in the lineup. It's the same thing. And that's, what's really killing them right now from looking afar. They're not getting momentum going. They seem to just get in lulls in games and you don't have Gallagher to go out there and do something. Habs are getting into trouble right now too, right? Like we were talking last week about, Oh, you know, Calgary's going to get them, but Calgary has to go on a big, you know, major winning streak to even come close. And, you know, they, as I said, they have to win out. The Habs have games in hand. They just got to win a couple of those games. And slowly but surely, Vancouver's creeping along. You win, They win two against the Leafs, and now they're only eight points back in Montreal with four games in hand. So it's – it's. I mean, and we said this before when, like, could you just imagine, Cam, how many of those points that uh, – that that the Habs lost in shootouts and overtimes. How many of those extra points? Those could really come in useful. Be like, be they'd be extremely useful right now. Like even just six, seven points of those. Well, even if you're just talking about getting four out of the nine, then it puts you with the games at hand you have on Winnipeg and Edmonton. You're right in that mix for second, which isn't that far behind the Leafs now. But because they lost all those, I mean, eight points there with four games at hand. So they, Vancouver's got to win all those games at hand just to tie Montreal. So all Montreal has to do is win a couple. Vancouver's not going to win out, I can't imagine, especially with the amount of games they have to play in the amount of days. So they're still in a fine spot, but they got to figure out how to score. Jake Allen hasn't been bad. Carey Price hasn't been bad. They've been okay, but they're just not scoring. And they seem to, 
when they're playing like Calgary, who hasn't been very good all year, or Ottawa, they just don't seem to get up for the games. And then you saw the game against the Leafs. They got up for it and beat the Leafs. How do you show up that poor against the Flames and Sens and then actually play a really solid game against the Leafs and win? It's a little frustrating watching. Well, it's kind of like it, that's what the, what the Leafs do in reverse. They often get up for the big teams. And I know this is like months ago, but like, you know, Edmonton comes to town, they're right behind them. You beat them three straight and then you lose to Ottawa, right? Like they, the Leafs do this all the time where they play down to their opponent. Even like the whole, I don't buy the Vancouver COVID tired thing. I mean, I, I, I do understand that for sure being off the ice for that long, like that can definitely affect you. Like depending how sick you were, that can definitely affect you and all that. These guys are still world-class athletes and they've got, they, they needed the wins, right? So they didn't look great the first night, but they looked really good the second night. And it's, uh, you know, I don't know if the Leafs took them lightly or what they did, but it didn't work out for them. But yeah, if the Habs though, you know, they, 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 there has to be a sense of urgency. It's the same, the same, this is the same script as the Leafs. They have to get things going before the playoffs and their goalies have to start again, playing well. It's actually a carbon copy. If you look at the two teams, like the Leafs and the Habs right now are kind of in the exact same spot. Yeah. I mean, the Leafs are still scoring. Okay. Where Montreal struggling to score. The goalies are all not as good as they should be, but yeah, you're still in a fine spot. Josh Anderson came out tonight and said this game against Edmonton needs to be a playoff game. They need to just, even if they win this one, lose the next game, you need to win one of these. Treat these as a playoff game. You win this game against Edmonton, you're right there again for third and right close to Edmonton. So every game's big right now. And, I mean, it's fun. I mean, touching on that Vancouver thing, that has to be one of the best stories in sports. Looking at that not as a Leafs fan, everything they've gone through, one of the worst variants of COVID they've had. Some of their guys had literally skated once before that first game. It's such a great story that they were even able to play the way they did and I know Holpe stood on his head the first game but it's still such a great story to be off for like two three weeks and to be able to pull it together win a couple games and now even get the buzz talking about playoffs everyone thought this team would be way out of it and they're now managing to by winning two games against the top team in the division so yeah as a Leafs fan you're like oh shit we lost two games to the Canucks but if you look at it as an outside bystander you're like holy shit this is awesome to see the Canucks this is a great story in sports why does it always have to be the Leafs on the other side? Like, why couldn't it have been the, the I, I don't even care. Why couldn't it have been, you know, Winnipeg who lost two to Vancouver? Like, why is it, why, what did we do to deserve this amount of flack in the, like, and how every storyline goes against us? This year it's Co- uh, Vancouver and COVID. Last year it's David Ayers. Like, a couple years before that, it's losing to the Boston in the playoffs. Before that, it's, oh, we traded Andrew Rakoff or Tuka Rask. Like, it never ends. Like, for once, can we please have, like, some other team can do something bad and, like, okay, like, actually, the one example that I will give you is Pittsburgh almost blowing a 6 nothing lead to, uh, to New Jersey. That would have been amazing. But it didn't happen. So, if it was, could you imagine if that was the Leafs? Oh, my gosh. It's the first team ever to get beat five nothing in a in the third period and still win the game. <laughs> Just so bad. The whole thing was a disaster. And like we have a listener who's a Pens fan, so and is always pumping their tires. But man, like it'll be a huge sweat 
on that one. But um, Cam, so what is the what do you think the key right now? I know that you've said that the Habs need to get their scoring going. Um, you know, missing Gallagher is a tough is obviously tough. Um, does it just come down to they just need to? as Josh Anderson said, they treat it as a playoff game and try harder, or is there a quick fix that they can do? Or like, what do they need to do better to try and guarantee that they have more success in the short term here? Yeah, I think it's Josh Anderson could be one of those guys. Everything I've seen from this year, if he says he's going to treat it like a playoff game, he's a guy you can get the needle moving. Guy goes out there and hits. I can't get over how fast the guy is. So if he's going to go out there and be a leader and kind of take that Gallagher spot tonight, I think he can do it. They got they got a good enough team that they can compete with these other three playoff teams in the north. So I think that's the big step is just guys have to step up a bit. Drew has got to step up. The guy hasn't scored in 25 games. Anderson's solid every night, but I think there's still another gear there from everything I've seen. So they just got to start playing with speed again. I know they've got a little slower with Perry and Stahl in the lineup, but that's why they started off so strong this year is just playing with speed. So they just got to keep that up. And I mean... They just got to win one of these next couple and get a little momentum, get a little buzz going back, and they'll be fine. So if they lose two, if they lose the next two, are you like when do you start to hit the panic button? Yeah, I think if they because they're three in a row or two of the last three they've lost now. If they start getting to that four or five game losing streak and not picking up at least a couple points here or there, I start to worry quite a bit, especially if they're still not scoring. If Allen maybe doesn't show up, I think Caden Primo is going to get a shot this weekend playing Friday Saturday. So it's it'll be interesting. I mean, I would have loved to say Cole Caulfield's going to come in and spark this team, but because Price is injured uh. and they had to call up Primo, they can now not take on Caulfield's salary cap, so he can't come up on the team. That's a terrible, de- like, honestly, that's a terrible beat. Like, you were telling me about this, and I was like, man, the kid has been really, really good, was good in the AHL for the couple games that he played down there. They're calling him up to the bigs and price goes down. They're like, yeah, sorry, buddy. The, the the math doesn't work, and that's kind of what I hate about the salary cap a little bit is, like, the math doesn't work, so a kid who could have an, a massive impact on your team, even at entry-level contract, can't play. Yeah, and I don't know how much you expect from him, but that power play, you look at a guy who scored – he broke Austin Matthews' scoring record in the national program by 20 goals. He scored 72 goals in 50 games. The guy just scores. I know he's 5'8". But he scores, and that's what he did in the AHL for the two games he did there. So, yeah, maybe five on five he needs to adjust to the NHL. But are you telling me a guy like that couldn't help spark this power play and at least get a little excitement going? 100% he could. So that's a little disappointing. Is there any key you need to get from the Leafs right now, Burke? Uh, I think that you really just need to play with more uh, urgency, right? I think urgency is the big thing because I think it's really easy when you're in first place and you know you're making the playoffs to take nights off. And I'm not calling anybody out in particular, um, but, you know, some of the plays that happen, and I've noticed the last two games, and I know it's on the power play, um, but, you know, shots are going to the net, and the, the puck, you know, and I and Riddick uh, last night, it was off the shoulder and it dropped right in the crease, and I understand that's a tough spot, blah, 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 but multiple times, defensemen or forwards, whoever's in front of the net, you're not tying guys up. And we both hate cross checks in front of the net, but you got to do something so that a guy who's sitting on the on the edge of the crease doesn't have full range, just a bat pucks into the net when one drops down there, right? Because like, imagine this happens in the playoffs. Like, if you're in the crease in the playoffs, you're a dead man. Like, they they you will get destroyed, right? That's how you get your arm broke is being anywhere close to uh, 
anywhere close to there. So that's that's the one thing that I, yes. that I would point out specifically. But So that's basically a recap of both teams. They just got to play with a little more urgency and treat these next few games to get out of these slumps like they're playoff games. If you can do that and really show what you should be in a couple of weeks when we get to the playoffs, you'll be fine because both teams are good. I mean, I don't know if they're great, but they're both good teams, I, in my opinion. And we'll see if they're great or above that come playoff time. But well, all we're going to play a little harder. Yeah, we're going to move into a recap. But uh, I think it's a good transition then because we we kind of got into it a little bit over text this morning because we were talking about, you know, a friend of ours was talking about how, well, nobody from the North has a chance, which I've said from months ago when John Scott said it, that it was a crock of shit that there's like, how can you actually say that you came out and said that against a team like Vegas, the Leafs have no chance, no chance, not not even a half a chance. No chance is, was that's a direct quote. No chance. Okay. So it's not no chance, but it's a way less than a coin flip. You look at Colorado or Vegas compared to these teams in the North division, like the Leafs right now. And they just don't have these slumps. They don't have these major things that stand out. They're just, like, I think there's only two or three teams that are a huge step above. And come playoff time, you never quite know. But I still think it's less than a, or like, Vegas is more than a coin flip away from winning. Vegas, Colorado, and Tampa, I think, are just a step above everyone else right now. And, yeah, if one of these North teams gets super hot, they can bring them and make it a tough series. But if these North teams aren't playing at their full potential, I don't think they're going to be much of a series. Judging by the amount of flaws that I think the four North teams have in Vegas and Colorado and Tampa just don't. The the problem that I have with this take is that, like, have you seen their division and who they're playing? Yeah, like, you they think still that... play, to, play each other. Like, Colorado and Vegas are in the same division. They play each yeah, other all the time. Yeah, but who cares? Look at their points. They're 66 points for Vegas and 64 for Colorado. They're playing the Ducks, the Kings... The Sharks, the Blues. I know the Blues won the Cup two years ago, but they've been awful this year. Like, look at the point discrepancies. Vegas is 66 points. Colorado is 64. Minnesota is 59. And then it's 45, 44, 41, 40, 35. Those are terrible teams. Like, the Coyotes are also in there. Coyotes, Blues, Sharks, Kings, Ducks. If you put the Leafs and the Oilers in that division, I guarantee you they'd be in the same spot. Because those teams are not good teams. The fact that the Sharks are even, like, oh, well, actually, if you get your top four, the Sharks are in the hunt. How is that even possible? They're a terrible team. Jones cannot stop a beach ball. Like, there is, t- this might be, looking at it, this might be the weakest division in the whole NHL. You have maybe the two strongest teams in the NHL, but you also have the bottom, the bottom, like, more than half of that division would legit be in the top, the bottom 10 of the league, for sure. Like I, I, I would see it as it, some of those teams are still better than like Buffalo or Ottawa, in my opinion. Well, yeah, and, I know that, but I'm saying bottom 10. So like Ottawa would yeah. be bad. Buffalo would be bad. Philly is slightly better points wise, but like new, the, the teams that I look at like bottom 10 would be Ottawa, uh, Buffalo, New Jersey, Columbus. Columbus is terrible. Detroit. And then that's it. There's that's five teams. So the other five teams in the bottom 10 would all be in the West division or whatever it's called now. Yeah. But again, you're looking at teams like Vegas who has been one of the top teams for years now. 
So now I like, yeah, they're just so good. So they're going to dominate all these weaker teams. They'd be doing that in the North too. I think they'd be dominating most of the teams in the North. That's, but that's the thing. I think the part that I, I guess the part that I'm struggling with, and like this is where like my argument comes in, is just like watching these teams and people. And, and they, as I said, John Scott said the same thing. He's like, anybody in the North is going to get dummied by one of these teams. And I'm like, they're not playing good teams. We have not. I know they've been good in the past. And again, somebody said to us, well, the past is the past. The Leafs suck because that's what history tells us happens. That is not the NHL does not work like that. Teams that are bad one year are good the next year. It's amazing. Like Chicago was a dumpster fire last year, and this year suddenly they're better. And they didn't make that many changes. They're just better this year. It changes all the time. And they're they're those teams are playing some of the worst in the league consistently. So if you finally put the I know they're playing each other, but again, that's one of those things where if even if they split those games half and half, which is pretty close because they're 66 points for Vegas, 64. Uh, Vegas has two games in hand over Colorado, right? They split that series half and half. If you're only playing one other team who's good, those games are obviously going to look close. As soon as you bring in another good team, I think that could throw it for a loop. I don't know. But then I, if I you just... look at the points, still, you're looking compared to the North, San Jose, St. Louis, Arizona, Minnesota are all ahead of Calgary. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah. The only t- yeah, well, San Jose's got 41 points and, and Calgary's got 41 points, so... Same game is played. I mean, it's, it's, it's close. It's just not even the argument about that. Like who they've played and what, like St. Louis isn't a horrible team. They're still a decent team. They're having a bad year. Their goaltending has been horrible. So they're Except for every time I bet on them, they lose. They're showing every the same time. flaws that Toronto's showing their goaltending's terrible. And that's what I'm just saying is Vegas and Colorado just don't have the flaws and don't have the slumps. Yeah. Maybe their teams they are playing aren't quite as good, but really, are you going to tell me St. Louis couldn't beat Calgary? Calgary, Vancouver, Ottawa. So they're still going to beat three teams in this division and which would put them in the playoffs. No, but they're still going to be, I mean, as I said, that you still have bottom 10 teams fighting bottom 10 teams. That's all I'm saying is, is that like, like people always chirp the North division for being the weakest in sports. And yet the West division, in my opinion, is by far the weakest. I don't even think it's close. I legit don't. You have two teams who are better than anybody. I think Minnesota, Arizona, and St. Louis are right there with Montreal, Winnipeg, Ottawa or Montreal, Winnipeg, Edmonton. So I don't see that. You don't think St. Louis is going to get killed by Edmonton or Winnipeg? No, really? No, if they can get some goaltending, no, they're not that bad. They're, they are bad. They are bad. Cause like, look at, okay. Like I guess the perspective and we're getting off track, like a little bit off track here, but it's good dialogue, but like, okay, look at this and say, okay, so St. Louis, let's just assume that they have no, what is it? Nine games against Colorado and Vegas. Right, so they got 18 games against Colorado and Vegas, which means that they have quick maths, 38 games against everybody else in the league. So if they lost, sorry, in their division, so if they lost every single one against though against Vegas and Colorado, they still got 38 games against the other good teams in their division. They still get and they still lose some of those games. Like I just don't. Like if they were that good of a team, you would think that they would be third. You would think that they would be, you know, even if you want to say fourth. Like, like who does Arizona have that makes them better than St. Louis? They is just got is, is Kemper is Kemper that bet much better? They've been playing better. Aiden Hill's played amazing for them in net. They've had three different goalies play really well, and they're just a deep, strong team. Their defenseman's their defense is really good. I just think those. Three teams, Minnesota, Coyotes, and Blues are right in the pack with the Jets, Oilers, and Habs. They're right there. They're, 
if they were all in the same division, they'd all be about the same points. That's I just don't like, yeah, the California teams suck. Terrible. There's no doubt in that mind, but you might again, be worse like, than might be worse than Detroit. Team like Ottawa, are they that much worse? I mean so, that's Ottawa's my only been... argument. I mean, we'll find out. I just don't I mean, think Ottawa's the been top better, teams though. like Vegas and Colorado. Yeah, just Vegas and Colorado are not nearly as flawed as like a Toronto team. That's my only argument. They just yeah. don't have the same flaws and same holes. Well, and I guess we'll find out. I mean, I'm very much so looking forward to a normal season that we can talk about because it's very annoying, especially from a gambling perspective or a betting perspective. It's very annoying to bet the same stuff every single week. And from a hockey perspective, it's difficult to talk about. You know, you, you, the teams never play each other. You're always playing the same guys in your division. So you have these crappy debates about, well, these guys are terrible. And you can say I test does one thing, but they're always playing the same teams. Teams figure out how to play other teams. Like, can't wait. Get us the get the season over with. Hand the Leafs a Stanley Cup. Let's move on into a new season where it's 82 games. We play everybody. Vaccinate everybody. Get the job. Let's go. Okay, so let's get into last week's recap finally. The first two games we both lost on, so we can get through those pretty quick because we've touched on them. The Habs ended up losing 4 nothing to the Sens. They can't score. Those pesky Sens. Pesky another Sens. Game. Another one. We've already touched pretty much on the Leafs game. The Leafs blew a 2 nothing lead to the Canucks. Big happy surprise for the Canucks, so we've already touched on that. So we'll get into the third game then. The Oilers versus the Jets. You took the Oilers. I took the Jets. Goaltending was the difference. Just not the way I expected it to be. Mike Smith had a shutout. Mikey Smith, baby. I, I, you know what? That's the thing. I knew that was coming. I knew the Mike Smith <laughs> shadow was coming. <laughs> Can I get some credit here that I said goaltending would be the difference in the game? Yeah, I mean, you did say that. It, it's facts. Thought it would be hella bucks. So <laughs> you ended up getting it right there. Oilers win 3 nothing. I don't really know what else there is to touch on that game. Uh, I mean, McDavid keeps racking up points, so that's good. I mean, the guy's ridiculous. Drysaddle could get a few more and help me in fantasy so I don't get upset by the eight seed in the first round of playoffs. Nah, you're in trouble. Good thing you already banked your 50 bucks from that uh, that pool. Because otherwise you'd be that'd, be... that'd be a sad, sad Tampa Bay to Columbus situation going on. So then we get into what a great weekend. Yes, Can sir. we just call this... If we go back on this weekend, we are just going to call it the fade the Flyers weekend. Yes, and it sir. paid off. 2-0. It was, and Philly, it was the Philly cheesesteak, baby. Let's go two and oh on the locks. So yeah. Cam, update us on our stats. Yeah. So overall, really not a good week for me. Uh, I'm really struggling overall. So hitting about 46% overall, but I'm Ooh. up to 80% on the locks. So I'll take that all day. There you go. Higher uh, stats. You're 54% overall, which is still not bad. And you kept it up. Do you want to just say it, Burke? on the locks we got a perfect record baby and it's still alive it's alive sorry i i I don't want to gloat too much but like i mixed it up too i'm just i just can't be stopped on my locks right now now the reality is is like when i'm actually betting in real life i cannot get a win to save my life but when it comes to the podcast and I'm banking my locks, 100%. I'm going to keep it up this week. I've been looking forward to it. 
So moving into this week, let's start it off with the Jets versus the Leafs. It's the second game of this series. They play Thursday night, and then they go ahead again on Saturday. Okay, so before we get into the the Jets and the Leafs, so we have our um, link on Riverside.fm uh, on our Twitter, and we have it on our Facebook. And you're more than welcome to uh, to call into the show. Happy to take call-ins if you want to give us an opinion on the Leafs, want to give us an opinion on the Habs, um, feel free to call in. We'll get it. Uh, if you do call in, we will get to you kind of at a, at a good time, but um, always welcome to call into the show. We'd, we love your questions. We love your comments. If you want to have a big rant, then give us a call, follow the link on our Facebook and on our Twitter. Um, so uh, jets and Leafs. So yeah, I mean, Saturday night's going to be interesting. I mean, I'm looking at the Leafs, um, in terms of who, who's going to be a net, I'm going to guess that I would say that Campbell's going to go tomorrow night. Um, which ugh, is he going to be in on the Saturday? Are they going to go back to back Campbell? Or are they going to go Riddick? It's like, I don't see how you can go Riddick at this point, but you also have to say, okay, does he need another chance? Like you, you can't just throw him under the bus over two games. So, um, the Leafs have to get on a run. Like they, 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 there's no choice here. And if you really want to prove that you're the best in the division, you need to go out and, and, and beat the Jets. The Jets are second in the division. So go get it done. I'm taking Leafs money line. It bit me in the butt on the weekend versus Vancouver. By the way, uh, before we move to the next game, can we just discuss the line that that game was and how stupid that was for a hockey game? Yeah, we've talked about it lots this year that no hockey game should ever be as bad as that was. It was a minus 450 at game time for the Leafs, plus 370 for the Canucks. There was coolbet.com. They said it was their biggest line in like seven years in hockey. Ridiculous. It's just insane. Like the Canucks are not very good. They're coming off a huge break, but it's still hockey. And yeah, it's just, you saw it in one game. It's not a seven-game series they played. It was one game. Braden Holtby stole it, so the line was ridiculous. Yeah. So as I said, yeah, I'm uh, I'm Leafs Leafs money line. I'm gonna stick by it. I'm gonna go back to back to the well. They're not gonna go. They're not gonna go. They're not gonna lose six out of seven. I think they're gonna win a couple in a row here. Cam, who do you got? Uh, I'm gonna go Jets. I think the Leafs are gonna come up hot on Thursday and win that game, and then I think the Jets are gonna want to take it to them on Saturday. Hellebuck's gonna come up big. He has a big thing for playing well against the Leafs. So Saturday night, I'm feeling the Jets and uh, hoping they'll be a little bit of a dog too. So that money's always a little better. So I'm kind of hoping now that the Leafs then lose tomorrow night and then they are six in a row and then they just come out and crush it on Saturday. So let's uh, or they just win both. I'm good with that too. So next we get the Flames Habs. So this is, again, we get the weird one because they play Friday night and Saturday night. So who knows who's going to go where. Carey Price is not playing at all. I doubt they're going to go Jake Allen back-to-back again, so we'll probably see Caden Primo one of the games. My guess is you'll probably see him Saturday too on the second end of a back-to-back. So why don't you give me your take on this and where you're going to go with this one, Burke? Uh, the flames are bad though. Like they're, they're not, they're not good. And they're like, there's no redeeming qualities here for the, for the flames right now. Um, that being said, I've got bitten the ass by the halves last couple times that I bet on them, honestly. 
So I'm going to go, well, you're going to have a rookie goalie too. You know what? I, this, I should choose to have money line, but I'll, I'll, I'll take the opposite side. I think you're going to go have, so let's, let's be opposites this week. I'm going to go, I'll take Calgary, Calgary money line. Markstrom maybe will step up and, and maybe Johnny Goudreau can get his head out of his ass and do what he did to the Leafs and do that to the Habs. So. See, that's the other big question mark I have for Calgary. Who's their backup? Um, Johnny Goudreau. <laughs> so is Markstrom going to play stick- both games? No, you're just sticking. You're literally sticking Johnny Goudreau or Monaghan. You're just strapping the pads on them. Whoever play. Okay, I think this is how they should do it. Whoever plays the worst that like that night and gets benched by the coach, you're in the next game on the back to back, and like you don't get a helmet. Like you just get absolutely <laughs> reamed by pucks the next game. That's your punishment. So here's how I see the Saturday night playing out. I really hope Caden Primo gets a chance. He played two games last season, 930 save percentage. The kid's a stud. There's lots of talk that he's one of the top three goalie prospects in the NHL currently. Saturday night against a team who's got to be at the end of their season. They can't be caring much anymore. So it's kind of the end of their season. So the Habs are going to come out, and I like Primo playing. There's another reason for them to come out harder on Saturday, play for a rookie goalie or semi-rookie goalie still. I get the win. So I feel pretty good about the Habs winning on Saturday. Moving into the last North division game, we have the Sens and Canucks. Sens and Canucks. Those pesky, pesky Sens. I think the Canucks are going to keep winning. How can you not, right? Yeah, I mean, they have to keep winning. If they want any chance, they have to pretty much win out. I know they have four games at hand, but... And so technically can tie the halves, but you pretty much do have to win out. I think they ride the wave. I and and we've talked about this as well. We talked about this early, right? That the Canucks were, you know, they didn't have their, their you know, their goaltending was bad and their uh defense was bad, at least walked them the first couple of times they played them, and then now we're at a spot where we're like, Maybe, maybe they're not as bad as we thought. But I'm not I mean, for in terms of stocks, I'm not buying or selling the the Canucks right now, but I, I think overall, as pesky as the Sens are, Canucks have more to play for. It's within grasp, and you and as I said, you're going to ride that high, being the Leafs twice, and they're going to take the win. Canucks money line. So let's go three for three, Burke. We're going opposites here. Oh Would my there gosh! Be anything peskier? for the Sens to just ruin somebody's playoff hopes. That's what I see Saturday. The Sens still have lots to play for. They're a building team. They're super young. How much fun would a team who is out of it, who's that young with that much skill, just be happy to end a team's season, basically? Stop them from making the playoffs. So I'm taking the pesky Sens money line, and it would just be the peskiest thing they've done all year. The real question is, is what was the over-under on this podcast? I'm sure it was over six, but, uh, <laughs> ooh, self-plug, love it. What is the, uh, <laughs> what was the over-under on us saying pesky when it comes to the sense? Like, I think we've hit it like seven times already, eight times. Well, our listener, Brad, just wanted to hear it more and more. So we're just trying to be there for him. Yeah, we're the, we're, we're a pod of the people. You want to hear something on the podcast, you reach out, we throw it on there. That's what we do, right? So... Um, we got locks left, eh? Yeah, or we got so, one more game. No, we got our locks. So, drum roll, please. Where are you taking this perfect record this week, Burke? 
Man, why would you go with me first? Because I haven't even looked at it yet. This is how I do my thing. I just look at the schedule. I pick the game. Um, and I'm going to, you know, I, I'm going to keep it going where I'm going to pick a different team. I'm not going to keep beating on the same team. Right. Well, I got mine ready here, so I'll touch on mine. I'll make a couple okay. listeners happy. Instead of going against them and got burned on my one non-lock, I'm going to trust the Pens, even after their fucking horrible game the other night. So I'm taking Pens over Devils. That's going to be my lock on Saturday. Pens got to do it for me once. They lost to Buffalo the other day too, I think, to cost me money. So let's lock up the Pens and uh, stop betting against them. Yeah, I like it. Uh, I like it a lot. Um, man, I'm just looking at this schedule. I'm like, there is some juicy ones here. I And I feel like I should risk it for the biscuit because if I keep going easy – like locks, and I guess they're not all easy, but uh, ooh. man, should I go the Panthers again? Oh man, could they could break my heart? They could break my heart. Are they okay, playing I, Carolina? Yes, they're playing Carolina. So I, oh uh, no. Okay, uh, I'm gonna lock up the Wild, Minnesota Wild over San Jose Sharks, 9 p.m. Saturday. That's who I'm gonna go with. Um, I'm going to keep my 100% going here. Uh, Cam, we do have a caller on the line. All right, let's go. First caller on over six sports. Let's bring him in. We got Kyle Splash on the line. Kyle Splash, welcome to the show. How are you doing tonight? Hello. You got us, Kyle? Hey, Kyle, how are you? Welcome to over six. Good, good. I'm doing well, thanks. I'm just happy to be here. Happy to get a little sneak peek of the pod. Great, great. Welcome. Thank you for listening. Welcome to the show. What do you got for us today? Well, obviously, you two, huge, huge hockey fans. Mm -hmm. Um, We got a Hyouts fan. Yes. We obviously got the Leafs fan. Of course. You know, might be a little bit of a hot take. You know, might be, we might be waiting a few years, in my opinion, but, you know, got a little heated when you guys are talking about hockey, so maybe this will get you going again. But uh, we are betting people, you know, maybe me, you guys more than me. Of course. For you boys, are you guys willing to make a bet right now on the pod about which team will win the Stanley Cup first? Who is it between? Leafs and Habs, your two teams here. Oh, Who's man. winning the Cup first? It could be 20 years down the road. I don't care, but I just want to know. <laughs> I just want to see some some bets put down on the table right now, and you know, we'll we'll chalk them down and fold them up, put them in a safety deposit box, and we'll get them when we're about 20, 25 years later. I like see, it. For me, this is easy. Maybe there's a chance the Leafs win it this year, but if they don't, it's easily the Habs. The Habs have the better future lined up for them. They're a little younger, a little deeper, don't have the same contract issues that the Leafs have. So if the oh, Leafs geez. can't win it this year, there's no doubt in my mind the Habs are going to win the Cup before the Leafs. So Here we you go. know what? I'm going to go with they're not going to win it this year, so Habs are going to win it first. Okay, well, that's a bunch of – that's a crock of shit. I'll tell you that right now. That is a garbage take because, first of all – uh, to answer your question, Kyle, I will put money on it right now. I'll, I'll, I'll put, I actually already have one of these bets. I actually got another, one of our buddies, Nate, I got a bet with him right now that Miami is going to win. So actually Kyle, I noticed that you've got some Miami gear on represent the yep. Finns, baby. Love yep. it. Um, exactly. I do have a bet Let's with go. him right now that Miami's going to win, uh, the, the AFC East before Carolina wins a Super Bowl, And it's a five-year bet, hundred dollar bet. So I am not a stranger to making these kinds of bets. Uh, I'll put a hundred cam. I'll put a hundred that, uh, the Leafs win the cup before the Habs. All right, let's do it. No problem with that bet at all. Easy. There you bucks. go. E- 
I think it's an easy hundred bucks. Good question, Kyle. Bring in the fire. Anything else you got for us? Um, maybe one for Cam. Maybe you too. So you guys, are, I know you guys were talking about goaltending earlier, and I'm I'm super curious. Carey Price, he's been my favorite goalie. Well, back in middle school, high school, favorite goalie. But you know, obviously a little bit injury prone. You know, he's making a lot of money. Not. I know. I remember when they used to be. You know, he would be the best goal in the league and like Olympic Team Canada. You know, he's on it. Cam, what's kind of your take on? how he's doing in maybe say the near future, the next couple of years here with the uh, carry price and the abs. Yeah. You know what? I'm a little scared if he does leave, like if he ends up opening up to go to Seattle or something, he ends up turning into a little Mark Andre flurry. The guys have just massive injury issues all the time. He's always got lingering issues. Now he's out with concussion when he's at his top of his game. There's no doubt in my mind. We saw it in the bubble last year that he is his top and his ceiling of his game is the top in the NHL. But he's just super inconsistent and these injuries hurt. So, I mean, as a Habs fan, I don't know if there's many years left other than the contract. I don't know if you can trade him because Caden Primo looks like the next big thing. I hope he stays healthy and we can actually see a little more. But I don't think there's any more upside for Carey Price, in my opinion. Kyle, have you got out to uh, – are you a golfer, Kyle? Oh, 100%. Yep. I've, what, what, what's your opinion on what's going on with golf in Ontario right now? Oh, that's my thing. That's my thing. As soon as it turns warm, those clubs come out, those shoes go on, and I get on the course. So for me to be, you know, locked out, let's say, from golf courses and not even can't even hit the range, can't even putt, nothing like that, um, and considering there's really nothing to back the fact that they're closed, yeah, they 100%, they should open up. They got to open up. Set the boys free. Let us get out there. Let us drink. Let us hit some golf balls. Well, you've heard it from Kyle. Yeah. You've heard it from Kyle's Splash first that the golf course need to open. I got one more question for you, Splash. Thanks. What goes through your head on a hole uh-huh. that has water uh-huh. on it? Huh. Well, <laughs> man, not a whole lot. Uh, some, uh, sometimes I question if my eyes are even open. I'm just trying not to look at it. But... <laughs> <laughs> as soon as that blue grass gets into play, I don't know. My ball just throws on some swim trunks and goggles and wants to go for a swim. I don't know what it is, <laughs> but that ball somehow finds the water. If it's along the ground or if it's in the air, it's somehow in the water, which, you know. <laughs> so your ball is yeah, basically got, it, but... you, you, you got, you got water magnets in your ball, eh? Honestly. Oh, yeah. of course. Oh, yeah. Well, thank you very much, Kyle Splash, for calling in. Thank you for yep. listening to Over 6. Uh, we'll catch up with you down the road. Uh, have course. a great rest of your night, buddy. All right. You having me all right see you later buddy thank you see ya love having kyle splash on man that's a funny character right there love the miami swag though this guy representing the boys yeah he's wearing the tua jersey so the sgp guys would love that so the sgp guys are so harsh on tua it's unbelievable like sean green needs to take a chill pill on tua because let's be honest here the eagles suck the Eagles suck worse than Miami, and is Jalen Hurts? First of all, the coach of the Eagles literally came out today and said that Jalen Hurts isn't even the starter because he has to earn his spot. I don't want to hear shit about Tua then. Yeah, so if we're going to like bang on Tua and stuff, Jalen Hurts can't even get a starting job in Philly. Philly is terrible. Not Miami's good. a good football team. Like They were Siri- one, one game Siriana out. Guy, they were the like, Syriana guy, like, seriously, is like, 
like legit looks like he like snorts a line before he comes on every press conference. Like he's so happy there to be there. It's nuts. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I just don't know. I don't know how you can back Philly and back Jalen Hurts and chirp Tua, but Tua can start for a really good team, and Jalen Hurts can't start for a not very good team. Well, I mean, he will. St- I mean, let's be honest here. It is a it is a bit of a shell game. He is gonna he is gonna start. Um, Cam, so I know that so we got our we got our NHL picks done for this week. Um, one thing that I did want to dive into a little bit is is that so speaking of Miami Dolphins, so the NFL draft is next week. And yeah, that's I'm gonna be super exciting. excited. Yes, sir. So um we are gonna have a guest on the show. Uh friend of the show, Jake's gonna come on the show next week. And we're going to go through a mock draft. I don't, uh, I'm not the biggest football guy. I'll moderate that conversation because you guys know a little bit more and care, frankly. I'm more of a hot take kind of guy. You guys are the analytics behind the scenes. I get it all. Um, but that's coming up next week. I, I, that's going to be good. Yeah, it'll be a fun show. Me and Jake will both have some mock drafts to go through. And uh, we'll each have one and we can discuss that. Go pick by pick. T- expand on a few different positions and where we think guys could go and a few surprises. So it'll be a fun show and really get us set for next Thursday, which as a Miami fan is going to be super exciting. We got two picks in the top in the first round. We got four in the top 50. It's going to be fun. I think the other thing that I wanted to point out about this is like it, Miami is the biggest smoke and mirrors team that I've ever seen. Like, have you seen the the rumors that are flying around with Miami? They're going to drop to four. They're going to move up to 12 again. They're going to go to 11. Like they're just like, it, it's unbelievable that these guys, and thankfully it's, it's our team, but they're the most rumored team to do anything. And they've already moved their draft draft position twice. Yeah, I mean, I'll save it for next week. Most of my thoughts on where they're going to go and what they're going to do. But, yeah, they're definitely keeping everybody interested. They've already made a couple big moves that really shake things up. So it's lots of fun to be a Miami fan right now. So a couple more things before we we get out of here. So um, I just want to talk about the, the Jays a little bit. Because Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is on an absolute tear right now this guy in the league this year he's the only player in major league baseball to get to base safely every single game this season thus far and it's not like we're two games into the season i think the jays are what 12 13 games into the season yeah about that so like what he's doing and like i don't know how much of this is his weight loss how much of this is his um, you know, working with a swing coach, working with a hitting coach in the off season or whatever it is, but Vladdy has come to play this year. Yeah. Even tonight now they're playing the Red Sox and he's two for two with an RBI. This guy just keeps hitting. And I mean, that's the biggest thing right now is you have no Teoscar and no George Springer. Are you saying he's going to get less pitches with George Springer and Teoscar Hernandez in the lineup? No chance. No. Like, there's some concerns with Gurriel and Biggio and those guys not hitting as well as they should, but they're going to get more pitches to hit when those guys come back. And it's just, it's got to be a scary lineup with those guys back. They definitely got some flaws. They have eight guys now in their pitching rotation injured, plus Teoscar and Springer. Their defense has been suspect. Their pitching's actually been surprisingly good, and their hitting's gone a little soft but 
still super exciting and super early. It's, I got to keep reminding myself that it's 162 this year and not <laughs> a modified one. Cause you're like, even look at the Yankees who were like five and 10 and you're like, yeah, yeah, it's the beginning of the year. So it looks bad, but so many teams do this in the middle of the year where they lose five out of, or only win five of their 15 games. It's yeah. A long season. No, nah, they're okay. And the Jays are up four, nothing right now with the Red Sox and only lost last night. Um, so I, the, before I, I, I got a hot take for not a hot take. I just got a question for you, and we're gonna play Jay's GM for a minute. Um, I just want to throw out that the Raptors are up ninety to seventy two over the Nets. I know the Nets have a ton of injuries. The Raps are gonna backdoor their way into a play-in, and Masayu Jerry just must be so angry right now because they were not supposed to be here. You traded Powell. You traded uh, whatever his name was. His name doesn't really matter because it was I, I it's off the top of my head i don't even know what it is you know what it is matt thomas thomas there you go his name doesn't even matter he's nobody he's probably gonna put up 40 tonight now uh but basically like they, they they traded norm they're like hey we know you know we're gonna rest some guys and they just keep winning games this is their 28th starting lineup of the year and they're winning another game they're gonna backdoor their way into a play-in yeah i mean it makes no sense i they've even tried resting everybody and got fined for it and still won it's ridiculous, yeah. and it's not doing good because I'm like, I want them to be a lottery team. They got a yes. couple really good young pieces. But yes. Let's get a top three pick. Let's get another stud in there and try and build for two to three years from now. Not backdoor away, maybe win the play-in round, maybe somehow shock somebody in the playoffs. You're not but winning you're the get, championship. You're, you're not winning the championship. Dummied. Yeah. You're going to get dummied. Like, Philly will dummy you. I'm sorry. And, like, Philly's been... Like we have, we had their number, you know, Kawhi, the buzzer beater, 2019 killed it. Uh, Philly will crush us now. I'm sorry. Their team is much, much, much better this year. Yeah, no, for sure. But the East is still a big mess. The West is much better. So yeah, even if the Raptors could somehow pull off one series, they're not winning the championship. There's zero way they're winning the championship. No chance. So I want a lottery pick. Stop winning games, Raptors. I never thought I'd say that, but stop it. I know. You won your championship for us two years ago. (laughs) Now suck for a few years so we can rebuild and start new. Yeah, come on, guys. Come on. We already got our championship. We don't want another one. Well, we do, but not for another like two to three years. Um yeah, it's unreal, man. Like it's it's they were so bad for so much of the season, and like and then all of a sudden they're calling out these guys like Malachi Flynn, for example. The other night they were I forget who they were playing, but they had no business being in that game. And Malachi Flynn went off for like twenty one points in the final five minutes of the game and got them right back into the game. They ended up losing that game, but man, these bench players like the bench mob is back at the worst possible time. Yeah, it's like there's still 10 guys deep somehow, even getting rid of Powell and Thomas. It's stupid, and it's actually not good at all. But No, oh stop well. it. Masai is mad. Masai is like, I, apparently I should have traded Kyle Lowry and should have traded all of you so that our team would suck. I should have picked up, I don't know, who, who's a, who's terrible at the NBA? I don't know. Rajon Rondo, that should have been our starting point guard. I don't know. Um, okay, so my question, though, and this is back to baseball. Got off track there. I just noticed that the, the Raps are up. Um, if So, Vladdy and Bobachet's contract are coming up. And if you could only keep one, you hope that they sign both. I think Rodgers should spend the money. But if you can only sign one, who are you building your franchise around? Vladimir Guerrero Jr. or Bobachet? 
I'll touch on first base. They have arbitration years, so they can keep them around for a bunch of years through arbitration. But I know you want to sign them long-term anyways is what you'd rather do. To me, it's pretty easy how much you like Guerrero and you like his dad playing in Canada and all that. Bobachet plays a defensive position that's way more important. He's I know Guerrero's a better hitter this year, but Bichette's been better so far through their careers, and he plays a way more important defensive position. So to me, it's got to be Bichette. I really hope they keep both, but if you had to choose one, then to me it's Bichette because his defense is more important. Yeah, I think that overall just as a well-rounded player and by the way this is not taking anything away from vladdy what he's done in the offseason to lose weight and what and the work that he's put in at first base has been phenomenal like he's probably done like 10 splits to catch a ball at first already and i'm like man how this guy no chance would have been able to do that last year but that being said bo's playing a position absolutely that's a more difficult position he's still hitting the ball well and you know, he's just one of those guys that you want as a teammate, right? He's he's a great teammate. I don't, I, Vladdy is as well. Everybody loves Vladdy. You see them giving each other massages and hanging out, but yeah. And I mean, you talked to me at the end of the year, might I might change my thing because Bichette's not playing good D at short. Yeah, he's playing short, but he's got four errors this year. He's probably playing below average D. So at the end of the year, maybe if he has to move over to second, which isn't as important position, then I'll change my mind, but. Well, I mean, if Vladdy ends the year and he's made he's he's got to base 162 times, I think that it's pretty obvious which way you're gonna go. So, um, I mean, obviously that's not gonna happen uh, at all, right? Like that's that's just not a thing that's gonna. I no, mean, it's, could you everyone, could you imagine if you actually did get on base 162 times in a row? No, everyone always does this about every player in baseball. Like when guys start off super slow and start off super quick, they're like, it'll even out by 162 games. It always does. And you look at guys, not like the top, not Mike Trout or anything, but some of the other stars, like a George Springer even. And even if he starts hot or starts off slow, he'll be George Springer by the end of the year. It'll be relatively all the same numbers almost every year. Yep. No, for sure. So, well, that's our Blue Jays wrap up. Anything? Actually, you know what? The only other thing that I want to comment on that I don't think that I know that much about, but it was in the news a lot. Cam, how much do you know about European football? I used to watch quite a bit of Arsenal football, and I did, was paying attention to this entire Super League drama that was yeah. just a big joke. Let's go over big... that. Yeah, so basically the Champions League, UEFA makes a ton of money. Uh a ton of other teams make a ton of money off like all these lower end teams like West Brom and all this stuff. They make a ton of money when Liverpool, Man U, Arsenal go to their stadiums. So all these teams, the six from the Premier League, couple from Serie A, couple from Spain, the Bundesliga said no. They were going to form the Super League so that they only played each other. There was no relegation ever. They all made these basically this Champions League, Super League type thing. So the income and stuff and the amount of money every day was crazy. They were talking about some $3 billion per each team right off the start for TV deals. But the biggest thing I had the issue with is it ruins the fans. I don't know if I've never been to a game in Europe, but you watch it and it's all the local people. Oh, it's nuts. It's your average nine to five guy who works his ass off is a huge fan of that team, goes to watch them. He doesn't want to have to pay that nonstop, what they're going to charge for that. They don't want the TV. Like, 
it's all about TV now, especially during the COVID era and how much money you can get through TV. But I just think it ruins it for the actual fans. And at the end of the day, that's who you got to care about. And at the end of the day, that's why this league started and folded all within 48 hours. So the plan was like, like just for people who didn't follow it, like the plan was, were, were these teams going to continue, especially let's just talk about Premier League. Were they planning on playing in the Premier League and then just having other games in the Super League or completely pulling out of the Premier League? They were league? completely pulling out of the Premier League, just playing each other nonstop. That's stupid. I don't follow football that much, like American football, sorry, U.S., uh, European football that much, soccer. I don't follow European soccer yeah. that much, but that's... So the biggest thing is, is you get a year like this year, Arsenal's not going to make the Champions League. That's losing millions, like tens of millions of dollars, maybe hundreds of millions of dollars for Arsenal because they're not going to be one of the top four teams in the Premier League. So they're not going to get to play Juventus and Inter and the Spain teams, Barcelona and stuff. They're not going to yeah, be Madrid. able to play those teams. Yeah, right. In these games, they're going to get stuck in maybe the Europa League, which nobody cares about and stuff. So they don't get that TV deals, which are massive. They're millions and millions of dollars. So it's all about the, it's all about cash. Oh, okay, that's and that's this is why people yeah. are upset. Okay, so I understand a little bit more because I was like, oh, like I thought um, they'd be like, oh, we're going to play in the Premier League, but we're going to have like our own Champions League, which I don't inherently have a problem with. Right. Like if you're going to play in the Premier League and you're going to agree with other teams and say, hey, we're going to actually have our own little fun league. I don't have a problem with that as long as the owners are okay with that. But if you're pulling out of your own respective league, that's so that's terrible for the league. Well, it's just terrible in general. There's so much fun about the Champions League teams making it, fighting for those final four spots. And the other thing is teams never get relegated. They never get promoted in the Super League. That's one of the coolest things, in my opinion, about European football is they go up and down there. You get these Leicester, teams. Who- Leicester City is a great example of that. Where yeah. Leicester City, like in, I think it was 2016 or whatever it was, Leicester City was they they came up, they were there for a year, and then they won the next year, and they had a Cinderella one, a Cinderella run, and then it's just and, so good for these teams who just make up to get Arsenal going to their barns, get Man U going to their barns. It's huge money, huge crowds, it's everything. It's that's what makes European football so good and so much fun. I mean, it's a tough sport for a lot of people to watch, but it's. Those things like Leicester, everyone, people who never cared about soccer or f- European you football. You followed it. Cared. It was one of the best stories in mm-hmm. sports. So to- that's like, by the way, just for people who don't follow Europe, European football, like that's like the Detroit Red Wings, like getting 30 points the one year. And then the next year they're winning the cup with the same roster. Like that's basically what would have happened, which again, that never will happen because Detroit sucks, but that's the equivalent of what happened. Right. Like it was just nuts, but you're right. I mean, if, if you're not getting, if there's no consequences, I kind of wish that was the same in the, in the NHL. Hey, like, could you imagine if Detroit gets, they're like, okay, you have to get 50 points this year. If you don't get 50 points, we're replacing you with an AHL team. Yeah, <laughs> and I know it's, di- it's you, different because you, you call people up and all yeah. that kind of stuff. But if there was a secondary league, like if the AHL wasn't a farm team league, Right, like let's just say that you were able to expand your NHL rosters. You had, you know, the the salary cap was bigger, or those well, salary caps didn't count, or whatever. It'd even be more comparable to like I know it's across the pond, but KHL because they're still a top league. If you yeah. had like the worst two teams in the NHL have to go play in the KHL next year, and the top two teams in the KHL have to come <laughs> over and play in the NHL because the you, top teams in the imagine, KHL like, have great players. Could you imagine? They're like, all right, Detroit, you were so bad this year. Off to Russia with you. 
yeah i mean geolo or like geographically it wouldn't work but that's more no. the idea this they yeah. still have very top leagues and they're not farm systems because the way european soccer works you're a farm system you play for the farm systems and so i okay so like but do you think that a khl team would even have a prayer in the nhl though yeah i mean you get some of them that are actually stacked and you see like three or four guys off uh, SKA or CSK Moscow come over every year. So a couple of those teams actually, I think could compete. I mean, I don't think they compete for the cup, but I, they can't be that much worse than some of the bottom dwellers in the NHL. Buffalo. Like I, they, they could very well still finish last, but I think they compete more than you'd think. It, it would be interesting. I think for sure. Um, I don't know. It'd be actually a hilarious. It'd be like, Hey, Buffalo off to, off you go to the KHL, see how you do there. Now, what happens, though, if, if Buffalo gets relegated from the KHL? Then where do they go? The Swiss Super League? Yeah, no the, idea the, where they go from there. <laughs> you have to work your way back into the NHL. Obviously, never going to happen. Um, man, I think we, we, we had some good content today. That's the first time we've actually ever talked about uh, European football. Yeah, I mean, I don't think a lot of people are into it. It's definitely a more of a niche market in Canada. So, I mean, I used, watch, of... I used to watch. I used to watch a ton. I used to watch the Gunners, Arsenal all the time. Thierry Henry, and used to play a ton. But yeah, it's it was definitely one of the biggest sports news this week. Although it started and ended within forty eight hours. Well, I mean, the reality is, is that uh, your TV deals are only as good as the people who watch them. So if you get terrible ratings in the Super League because people... And by the way, fans would absolutely refuse to watch you. Like, like the, the, the fandom like the fandom in Europe for soccer teams, like if they... Or whatever, football teams, like if they feel slighted or whatever. It's like, for example, when the Habs hire an English-speaking coach, the fans are furious. Well, that's the thing is it would kill the local people. But like in North America... People would way rather pay to watch Arsenal play Barcelona every week than watch Arsenal play West Brom or Newcastle or some of the lower end teams. So you'd get the TV money, and that's basically what the issue was. Is they didn't care about the locals. They didn't care about those local fans who spent their hard-earned money to support the team for years and years. Well, it's disappointing too because I mean I was reading I was reading a thing that was saying <clears throat> that uh, you know. Teams like Man United and everything like that were built on the backs of blue collar workers, right? Like, you know, and now they're owned by billionaire owners who over the last 10 years have changed a lot of stuff and, and, uh, you know, tried to North, I think the one guy was saying North Americanize quote unquote, um, the sport. And yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you really should be doing things that your fans like. Well, that's the one thing I want to touch on that. It's the supporters who build these teams up. If you haven't done it, go watch a TFC game in Toronto. The different groups of supporters are super fun. It's a great atmosphere, whether you're a big soccer fan or not. And think about what that experience and atmosphere is like and times that by a million over there. And that's why I just don't think you could do it to the game. I get it. It's $3 billion per team. That's a ton of money, but just ruins it for the fans and at the end of the day the sports is about the fans look what look what the suits have done to the leafs right could you imagine if you had the tfc crowd at a maple leafs game instead of having you know the platinum seats with everybody from businesses the box filled with businesses you filled that rink with tfc fans you think that the leafs would maybe have a little bit more jump absolutely man 100% 
That building is one of the deadest buildings in the league. That's the one thing I actually respect about Montreal, man, is, is like when they're like when they're rocking, they're rocking always. Unless the team sucks, then that's a really toxic place to play. But like if the Leafs suck, Scotiabank Arena is the same. They're charging $18 for beers. They walk in with their suits. They look at their phones the whole game. They leave. The Leafs are the really, really good. They walk in. They pay their $18 beer. They look at their phone. They walk away. Like, it's one of the weirdest markets, right? I just wish that we could get the TFC supporters into Scotiabank Arena because, man, what an atmosphere that would be. Yeah, if you want to watch a game in Scotiabank or the ACC, I'm still not going to call it the new name. You'd rather sit in the 300 level than the 100 level. You go to the Bell Center in Montreal – doesn't matter where you are in that building. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the one thing actually about the wraps that I like is that the wraps I've I've sat in multiple places. I've sat in the five hundreds, I've sat in the three hundreds, I've sat in the in the lower bowl, and the wraps atmosphere is so much different than than a Leafs game. And part of it is is that you've got the DJ playing the whole time, like just the overall the atmosphere is different. But in general, man, like the the support from from like the, 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 sorry, the fans from the one sport and, you know, Raptors basketball is so much different than hockey. It's just crazy. So, um, but anyway, as I said, that was a good dialogue. That was a good show today. Loved it. Um, we have, let's, let's get into our, uh, get into our, our giveaway cam. Yeah, Burke, let's do it. Okay. So, um, we have a treat for you. So in the COVID-19 pandemic, Um, obviously we're just a little podcast, so we can't do anything that's, you know, major. We can't give away cars. We can't give away golf clubs. We can't give away anything like ridiculous. Um, but what we can do is, uh, so we're going to be giving away a $25 gift card to a local business of your choice. And you can let us know who that local business is going to be. We will buy a gift card for you and we will send it over. Um, you could say, well, why wouldn't you just give me the cash as well? Because you could take that $25 and you could put it to McDonald's or you could bet it with your friends at the golf course, which we support, but not with our money. So we're going to give you 25 bucks. You tell us what uh, local business you want a gift card for. We will get that for you. And we're going to give you a piece of over six sports swag. So either a t-shirt or a hat. And we will send that over to you. We'll give you some options. Uh, so stay tuned on our Twitter and our Facebook. I After the show today, once we're posted tomorrow, I will post it, uh, what we're going to do. It's uh, it's actually going to be pretty um, pretty simple. I mean, really, all, all we're going to ask you to do is, uh, is just send us a screenshot of, uh, of this part of the show. So, uh, you know, right now we're at um, minute number uh, 78. 77 78 send us send us a screenshot of you listening to the show partial part way through the show it doesn't have to be exact just send us a screenshot of you listening to over six sports whether it's on uh apple Podcasts, whether it's on spotify send the screenshot to us you can uh, tweet it to us at over six sports uh you can send it to either of our personal facebook messengers you can send it to uh over six sports at gmail.com send us a screenshot of you listening to the podcast and um, we just need you to share the podcast on your personal page, on your Twitter, whatever the case is. And, uh, and we'll, we'll, we'll both put up a post. We'll put up a post on Twitter. We'll put up a post on Facebook where you share that post, send us a screenshot of you listening to the over six sports podcast, and you'll be entered for a chance to win $25 to a local business of your choice and a bit of over six sports swag cam. You can't win. Sorry. 
Oh, shit. I had it all planned out how I was going to do it, <laughs> listening to the pod. No, but this is great. And the thing is, is the more people you share it with, the more people you get listening to the podcast, the more listeners we get, the bigger these giveaways could be. So it could work out for well for everybody. So it's a great thing to help a lo- local business too. get our name out there. And I mean, you guys get to keep enjoying us. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. So I can't win. Cam can't win. So that means that somebody else is going to be a winner of this and uh and i'll tell you what if you you know this is it if if it's too difficult let us know we're trying to make sure that our giveaways are going to be reasonable we don't just want to do a like this post that's too easy also like if we have like five thousand people like a post which that would be lofty but realistically like we want we want you to put some effort in i mean you're supporting local businesses you're telling me that you can't take a screenshot and share a post if we get 5,000 likes on one of our posts, I will personally do the giveaway again as well. Oh, there you go. So, hey, share the crap out of it. So, anyway, so we're going to we'll, – we'll repost this on our Twitter, obviously, and on our personal Facebooks. But uh, for anybody who's not friends with us on Facebook, then, yeah, follow Twitter, at Over 6 Sports on Twitter. And uh, we will put the full guidelines on there. And we will do the draw before – um actually you know what we'll announce who the winner is actually on next week's podcast how about that i think that's what we're gonna do yeah let's go next week's podcast is gonna be a good one let's add to it yeah so we got as i said next week we've got the uh the nfl draft preview with our uh, friend of the show jade cowell uh myself the bandit and uh cam the turf king that's coming to you next thursday and we will announce the winner of the of the over six sports small biz and merch giveaway and Cam, you got anything else before we sign it off? Ah, just if you want to watch a little golf this weekend, we got the Zurich Classic, which is the one team event in the year. So they play four rounds, two four ball, two four sums. So they play two rounds of alternate shot and then two rounds of best ball is what they're more known as. So it's kind of fun to watch the guys. They all have walkout musics for their team to the first tee. So it's a little fun and you get to see some more personalities. I feel like that's what we should do for our rounds. I know that we've got, uh, you're getting married this year. So when we go up for your, uh, your little bachelor weekend up in Niagara, that's what we should do. Walkout music. Oh, we got it now. The best one out of it all was Cameron Smith's playing with Mark Leishman. And I don't know if you've seen his mullet. No. Oh yeah. 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 I have. Yes. Smith's got, so Mark Leishman found a song that's called mullet man or something. So that's what they're walking (laughs) out to. Oh my gosh. That is unreal. Well, you never know what you're going to hear on the over six sports podcast. And, uh, and as I said, follow us on Twitter at over six sports at Zach Burke over six at C Charlton turf. And for the over six sports podcast, I am Zach, the bandit Burke and the number one Habs fan in the world, temporarily on hiatus, the turf King Cameron Charlton. And he didn't even say that wasn't his name this time. Thank you for listening to over six sports. And we will talk to you next week.